Hello, welcome to the mm-hmm. Home for Anime. I am your host, GPC, Great Podcaster Callie, and I would like to say welcome to the Tea Room. The Tea Room is a place where we talk about two things, tea and either aesthetically pleasing or relaxing anime. And for my first guest on this beautiful new series, I have my best friend, Maddie. Maddie, how are you? I'm splendid. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I understand that you have a tea that you want to talk about today. I do have some tea. I've got all the tea. Um, (laughs) Sencha, Sencha, you asked me what tea I find like that I enjoy and that I relate to Studio Ghibli and Mm -hmm. Sencha is a big one for me. Mm -hmm. So I actually did a little bit of research on Sencha. I found out that it is a Japanese green tea that has a variety of health benefits so it actually is good for maintaining cholesterol and it helps the digestion system so you can like burn calories faster and it helps generate more energy and it also helps to reduce anxiety and it's supposed to have this this kind of healing effect that is very reminiscent i i asked you to think of something that would remind you of studio ghibli so reading up about this the kind of earthy taste that also is kind of floral almost or kind of fruity a bit does that sound about right i've never had sencha it's funny you say that because i think i'm the only person i know that that likes sencha because it tastes like grass and that's the mm. same reason that everyone else hates it but this is america so there's probably a different popular opinion <laughs> i know a lot of people typically gravitate toward matcha so it is a very interesting choice and i did have to do a bit of research on it but i really did appreciate the perspective and i'm also reading i'm reading from the brooklyn tea website that the best way to enjoy this tea is to steep at 165 degrees fahrenheit for 30 seconds to a minute and that is suitable for multiple steepings and also going back to what you said about grass i'm reading from this book that um it's something that's like dried and roasted almost so that's what separates it from matcha as a green tea and yeah it's supposed to have like this aroma of the exotic fruits that i was talking about earlier so things like mango and passion fruit and again it has that kind of grassy note kind of a nutty note and yeah it sounds like a very pleasant type of drink so i would definitely be down to try it one day but i'm curious was that How does that make you think of Studio Ghibli? You know, it's funny that you say matcha because, you know, I didn't even think about matcha, but definitely green tea has some kind of association with Studio Ghibli movies. Just in general, I think it's probably some kind of subliminal messaging mixed with my local exposure from a local tea shop. Um, Because I, I would always go through the Japanese teas because I just love a lot of things about Japan. Studio Ghibli probably being at the top of that list. And so I'd always try different Japanese teas and I got stuck on Sencha. I think it's just also one of the most popular teas in Japan that people enjoy every day. 
Um, so maybe that's why I got a little attached to it. I also do prefer green teas over other kinds of teas. So um, I think once I started drinking that and then watching the movies and like really building the association strongly and seeing it in represented in the movies too, um, really just linked them together. <laughs> and as I was reading the kind of earthy taste that I'm reading about and the health benefits. I can see why that would relate to Studio Ghibli because that's pretty much what a majority of the movies are about. It's about being, even though they're these kind of fantastical adventures, a lot of them, it's kind of like being rooted in some form of reality would you say? Yeah, I really like that perception of it. It's like, for me, it's like a different kind of reality, like going to Disney World or something and just like stepping into a different, like uh, maybe facet or identity that um, maybe more of like some kind of just pleasure enjoyment part of me that is mine. And it's just like for me alone. So it's like a part of my identity, but it's not something that I like attribute to um, I like who I am. Does that make any sense? It's just like a, like a hobby or something, you know? It's kind of like your sense of selfhood. Yeah, but it's not. It's not like me. Like I am not like uh, like a Japanese person, like this anime character. But I love to appreciate it through that lens, like through the cinematic lens, the animation. Mm-hmm. I just like. I think the culture is so um, intensely different and meticulous and technical and artistic and beautiful and flowing. And it's like, it's a very big contrast to American culture. And like, when you're talking about the sense of reality, I think that's what I get from it. It's like, I'm able to step into a different world that's completely contrasting the world that I have to wake up and go into every day that sometimes has a big stress impact. (laughs) And I think what's so incredible about that is the fact that we were talking about the the healing aspect of Sencha. And I would say that there are a fair amount of Ghibli films that, while there are some that are in the fantastical realm, you know, especially what Spirited Away, The Cat Returns, there are the more Iyashike films like only yesterday and of course my neighbor Totoro so you definitely get that healing effect well you get them from every film whether you know it or not just because there's always some form of what's the word there's this form of relief and almost an attachment from a detachment that you get from this particular studio that's a really good point that you bring up because i think the reason people feel this way about all of the movies that hayao miyazaki directs and makes is because he and i mean studio or um totoro as an example that movie just perfectly captures i've never seen anything like it childhood and what children do and how they interact and what they think it's really the whole movie is centered from inside a child's mind like you don't you don't understand what's happening with the mother because she's sick and children aren't told these things you know if a, if a parent is dying 
they're not told all the details. That's adult stuff. And so like the kids are, um, are the entire perspective for the whole movie. Um, and I think he's really good at drawing you in as the main character and really isolating that perspective, but causing somebody to have empathy, which video and movies already do because you're just um, completely immersed into that world. And so I think it's really just like this art form is something that Hayao Miyazaki has perfected. Mm-hmm. And his business partner, um, Isao Takahata, I would say that he actually directed one of my favorite, not just Ghibli films, but one of my favorite films in general. Have you ever seen Only Yesterday? No, but I've heard of it. It is just this beautiful coming of age, but also visitation of the past that I I really appreciate. And actually, they redid the English dub and Daisy Ridley is the main character, which I thought that was pretty neat. But there's just this kind of odd catharsis in seeing somebody go through the journey of what would my younger self say about the me of today? And it's nothing intense because a lot of these Ghibli films aren't intense and they all follow the same aesthetically pleasing style. And I think that what makes that so powerful is just that we can kind of turn, not turn off our brains more so, but kind of turn off a lot of the fears and anxieties that we have for what feels like an eternity because some of these movies are very long and just enjoy and kind of ruminate on and reflect on our own lives. You're right. It's so it's so rooting and it's so healing. I really haven't even like thought about it in that way, but I have processed it, you know, because um, I feel like uh, these movies I attach to because I think they have a deeper sense of meaning sometimes, even the ones that seemingly don't like My Neighbor Totoro do have this like uh, layer to it where um, a different part of life is captured in a way that has never been captured before in a movie format. And something that I've recently been focusing on in my sense of self is like, if something is stressing me out, it's most important to root myself in the present, like you're saying how you root yourself through the movies, Mm -hmm. but then connect with yourself, your past self and your future self. So the past self is like the inner child, right? Like sometimes I have to console the past self if they're frustrated with something, if they're you know sad about something that happened or experiencing a lot of anger um and I have to really like draw that person in and be like you know it's okay these are emotions like and process those emotions but then my future self um has already been through everything that I'm going through Mm -hmm. so it's like that's rooting me in the present too because that person isn't really worried anymore They're, they're confident you know they've gotten through this before and they could do it again um, and that is something that I've found in a lot of these movies because it it causes a person to just completely relax into that frame of mind with all the different main characters that go through things like this um, and don't really have this crazy reaction to it because a lot of society normalizes this, you know, hide your emotions. You shouldn't be showing any signs of weakness kind of thing. So that's part of why I like these movies. They're so rooted in reality and what being a human is really like. 
And I do have to add on to that. This is another thing that I learned about Sentra. It is something that is said to be enjoyed both hot or cold. Or it can be enjoyed either hot or cold. And that's that's just true of the films, all of them. And by that, I mean there's this cozy feeling that comes with each film. So you know how you have films that are like Halloween films or you have like Christmas films like uh what what did, what did they watch? The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. <laughs> yeah. Or the Is it nightmare Tim Allen? or the nightmare before Christmas or, or Hocus Pocus. Oh Hocus Pocus for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Or that uh Eli Roth trailer for Thanksgiving. So you just have all these different movies that are dedicated to certain holidays or certain times of year. But when you get a Ghibli film, it's really something that you can enjoy at any time. Because if you're enjoying, say, Kiki's Delivery Service in the winter, you just can be like, wow, I can't wait for summer. I can't wait for that that youth to come out, That that sense of self-discovery to come back and for me to grow even more as a person or it's already summer and like I can go outside and just enjoy life I can go buy bread and that's that's what's so incredible about Ghibli there's just so much appreciation for the mundane in some of these films yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons that I like them is the mundane. And I recently heard someone give a talk about people who are exceptional, quote unquote, exceptional people are just really good at doing the basics in life. They're just um, really good at, you know, like time management, feeding themselves, taking care of themselves. And like, if you can't take care of yourself and properly do those things and, you know, exist in the mundane, exist in the everyday life, because life isn't full of these crazy experiences all the time and we always see that depicted through movies um and these movies really show the emphasis on enjoying life for every moment that it is and that's something that's been really important to my mental health and so i attach a lot to that and by extension sentra <laughs> and by extension sentra <laughs> i honestly i this is so funny because i can't even say that most of the Ghibli films are even my favorite. Aside from Only Yesterday, I can appreciate the films, but they're nowhere near being my favorites. But I do love, every time that I sit down and watch one, just being able to chill and feeling like part of me is healing. Yeah, it is very healing. And that combined just with the tea, just getting the whole vibe together, it's true. It's like, it's... um it's a release from from life itself for me, at least when I'm watching those movies. If I'm having a stressful day or if I'm about to do something stressful, I just throw on one of those movies and just revisit my childhood even because I don't know about you, but I grew up on those movies. And, um, you know, I didn't really, I took them for granted when I was a kid. I was like, oh, this is a movie about a stupid cat and it's animated. But then when you get older and you really grow up with those films, and then you watch it with a friend or like you have a different association with it. You're like, wait, there's a lot more dimension to this. And then you 
study different things and uh, experience different things in life. And you're like, oh, well, now I relate to this movie in a whole different way. And so that's why uh, you asked me what my favorite was. Well, you asked me what my favorite tea was and I misunderstood. But I can't pick a favorite movie, a favorite Studio Ghibli movie, because it's always rotated. You know, I started with Princess Mononoke and then my favorite was Spirited Away. And then it was Howl's Moving Castle. And now it's Totoro. And it's just like all the different phases of my life have like been able to latch on to a different Studio Ghibli movie. It's just, I keep growing with it. And, you know, on a personal note, I can say you and I, we've been very close for seven years. And the one that I've heard you rave about the most has always been Totoro. That's true. I have a special attachment to Totoro. Right. I mean, the familial aspect of it just is very powerful. From what I can remember, it's been such a long time since I've seen it. It's been maybe four, five years. But I still remember it. And I remember that giant cat bus. <laughs> That's a good takeaway. It's a very good takeaway. And then there are so many recreations of the scene of them standing at the bus stop with Totoro and he has the little umbrella thing. That movie is extremely popularized. Like some of those iconic scenes, you know, it drew me away from that movie for a long time, but then I kind of ignored some of the mainstream popularity points of it. And I just relate to it so much because yeah, it's the fam familial aspect and like the childhood thing. And I'm a person who's very connected to both of those things. And that's one thing that's really interesting about the Ghibli films, too, is that I guess you could say a lot of them are rooted in the mainstream. So They are. Yeah, American mainstream even. I don't know yeah. about Japanese mainstream. A lot of people who, when they find out that I mainly just talk about anime online for people, they're like, oh, well, I don't know if you could consider me a real anime fan. I like dragon ball z and my hero academia and i really like you know and then they'll, they'll mention some ghibli film i'm like oh well, i mean they're very popular that doesn't mean that you don't like anime or that you're not an anime fan i mean i've seen hundreds and i still am just like i feel like a novice so there's nothing wrong with that but they are definitely what get a lot of people into anime the ghibli films but what's so cool is that they are so different from any other type of film yeah they're so different it's funny you say that because i was just talking to a friend today about how i was going to do this podcast with you and i was like i don't know if i'm going to be good enough for this like if i know enough i don't know if i can keep up a good enough conversation and then I was like wait a second <laughs> I know everything about these movies I've seen them hundreds of times I've written papers on some of them like I know plenty of stuff and like I care about them a lot and so I think people get psyched out they psych themselves out with that kind of dialogue um or like oh I haven't seen nearly enough I I haven't done enough I don't know enough but um we forget to rely on that just general like oh it's fine. Like you can't know everything as a person and anime is like that. I think because it like, sometimes people are kind of exclusive about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I would not have asked you on here if I didn't think that you knew your stuff when it came to Ghibli. 
because that's one of the first things that you ever talked to me about. Really? That's yes. so funny. <laughs> yes, and I, that's always stuck with me. So I've always thought, yeah, this is this is definitely an anime fan, and this is definitely somebody who cares about Ghibli. So if I ever do anything on Ghibli, this is who I have to ask. No, oh, that's really sweet. I'm so honored to be a part of your first episode. Oh, me too. Yeah, this is this is going to be a fun series. <laughs> but yeah, I I've really enjoyed this conversation about Ghibli and Sencha. This is a very this is a very good way to start, and I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Of course. And with that being said, if you want to follow me you can do so on instagram at anime alpha goat you can follow me on twitter at our anime home or you can email me recommendations at our anime home at gmail.com and if you want to support the show then you can donate to the buy me a tea which is not a buy me a coffee because it's a buy me a tea they let you customize that and i like tea more than i like coffee so maddie you are a very artistic person do you want people to follow you on literally anything that you do that would be so nice should i share my instagram username with the folks okay yeah i my instagram username is madeline media design that's m-e-d-e-l-i-n-e media design um thank you of course anytime well maddie this has been fun and again i really appreciate you doing this with me and thank you to everybody who's listening and with that, I think it's time to exit the tea room. So we are out.